on the fence about joining Patreon? Let us tell you about some of the fun things this includes. Each month, you club members will get an extra episode where we will update you on previously covered cases, true crimes in the headlines, and a suggested spooky, murdery, or all-around weird something we've read, watched, or are currently binging. With your membership, you will also get Patreon-exclusive merch, as well as videos of some episodes that we record. So how do you join? Go to patreon.com slash United States of Murder and select which membership you'd like to join. After joining, we will give you a shout-out on an upcoming episode, we'll mail you some stickers, and all of our content will be available to you. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This podcast may contain adult language and situations, graphic, gory details, and other not-so-nice things. Listener discretion is advised. I'm Ashley. And I'm Lacey, and this is United States of Murder. This week, we're in West Virginia discussing a family affair. Then, we'll talk about a chat room catfishing case that ends in murder. So buckle up and join us on this dark and twisted ride through the mountain state. Blood is thicker than water. You know the old proverb, or do you? What if I told you that most of us have been using this the wrong way? The actual full saying is, the blood of the covenant is thicker than the water of the womb. Blood is thicker than water actually means that bloodshed on the battlefield creates stronger ties than the water of the womb does, or family ties. In other words, the bonds you choose for yourself can mean much more than the ones you don't have much say in. This may come as a relief for some who have toxic biological relatives in the mix. The case I'm about to cover involves some major toxic relationships. Before I begin, I just want to remind everyone it's okay to set boundaries, regardless of who it is and how close they may be to you. If a toxic person is left unchecked, they can cause a significant amount of psychological damage. They'll resist boundaries because they want to be in control, but don't let that deter you. Boundaries are essential to all healthy relationships. It's okay to say no. It's okay to limit your contact, and it's okay to put yourself first. I usually take a while to figure out which case I'm going to cover, but in my research a while back for a different state, I think it was Nebraska, I saw this headline, and I went down a rabbit hole, so I've had this one picked out for a while. It's wild, and I've never heard of it. No idea what you're about to say. Yeah, I know all cases we talk about are twisted and terrible, but this is bad in a different type of way. So this starts out like so many other cases. There's a couple. 31-year-old Amanda McClure and 38-year-old John McGuire. So they were living in Minnesota at the time, but they were headed to West Virginia to meet up with Amanda's father, Larry and her sister, Anna, in early February of 2019. John was originally from Alabama, and because of this and his thick southern accent, he went by the nickname Bama. He had six children, but their mothers had custody. Six children by six different... No. Okay. So I couldn't find, like, a list of all the names and everything. Yeah. But no, I know at least he had... A couple of children that were siblings with, you know what I mean? Gotcha. But I don't really know the logistics. There weren't six baby mamas. Correct. There weren't six. 
Amanda had at least one child as well, but again, I couldn't really find much information. You know, these are minors, so yeah. that's probably why. She had also been divorced. Amanda and John were into heavy drugs, mostly meth, and they did not have steady jobs. John didn't have the best relationship with his kids because of the drug history, I'd assume, but he did regularly talk to them at least. Mm-hmm. He would call his own mother and his ex, Angela, to tell them what great mothers they were. Aww. So he he was on drugs. He had his problems, but he stayed in contact with his children. He wasn't MIA. He wasn't MIA. Yeah. He would call them, talk to them, talk to their mothers and all right. that kind of thing. Larry wanted to re- reconnect with his daughters, so Amanda decided they could go stay with Larry for a while. Larry McClure is Amanda's biological father, but she was raised by adoptive parents and had been estranged by Larry for most of her life. So she didn't really know her her biological dad. So Amanda had a 32-page rap sheet at the time. How old was she? 31. Yeah. They're mostly drug-related crimes, nothing major, but her father wasn't clean either. In fact, he had just been released from prison after serving 17 years, 17 and a half years, for a sex offense charge. So that's why she didn't Mm -hmm. grow up with her father. So Larry McClure was convicted of first-degree sexual assault of a family member between the ages of 6 and 12. Good. On July 22nd, 1998, because it was a minor, they didn't say a name and they didn't say specifically, you know, the age. At that time, Amanda would have been nine and her sister Anna would have been 10. Later, we learned from Anna that she was sexually assaulted by him. She hadn't seen him since she was younger, since he went to prison, and she had hopes that her dad was a changed man. She was willing to give him another chance. Mm-mm. She was working as a CNA in North Carolina. She went from North Carolina to West Virginia to reconnect with her dad. She hadn't seen him in 17 years. She was a kid, you Mm -hmm. know, the last time she'd seen him. So after that, Larry and Anna drove to Indiana and picked up Amanda and John. They were going to drive all the way to West Virginia, but their car broke down. So then all four of them, Amanda and her sister Anna, their dad Larry and John, So they all drove back to Skygusty, West Virginia. Larry had what some call a trailer. I can't. And others call a shack in the forest. Not the forest. So he had no electricity, no running water, no cell reception, nothing. No car. Mm -hmm. Cars broke down. Well, he had a vehicle. It was Amanda and John's that broke down. So he did have a vehicle. I mean, he know nothing. In his defense, he did just get out of prison. Yeah, and I will say, people that get out of prison, it's it's not like they have a big support system when they get out. They're kind right. of just thrown back into the world. Right. Like, fend, fend for, for yourself. yourself. Yeah. yeah. Well, John felt trapped by all of this, especially that there's no cell phone service. I mean, you're out in the middle of the middle of nowhere in West Virginia. Nope. You're not from there. Nope. Before Amanda and John met up with Larry and Anna, they flushed all of their meth. Amanda didn't want her dad to see her like that. Sure. So they had been using a lot of meth. And Anna, her sister, said she was pretty much unrecognizable. She said that Amanda and John were dope sick. Do you know that term? Like detoxing? So yeah, that, that's pretty much just slang for having withdrawal symptoms. So Anna was a CNA and she decided to help the two come down. So they had been using a lot of meth. They stopped abruptly. Mm-hmm. So they were just... Sick, pretty much. Almost like flu-like symptoms. 
they felt horrible. I've heard that meth withdrawal, it can be so bad you would, you wish you would die. On Valentine's Day. Ugh. See, this is what I'm talking about when I say we have cases that cover holidays Mm -hmm. and we're not planning them. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm, what? So on Valentine's Day, Larry got some steaks, potatoes, and wine to enjoy that evening. They also bought the ingredients to make their own meth. The dad did? I don't believe it was the dad. Based on interviews I heard, I think it was Amanda and John's idea. They were like, we're tired of being sick. Right. So Larry, the dad, kept telling Anna, the sister, like, don't worry. They don't know how to make meth. It's We'll just get them the stuff. They'll fail. No big deal. He was right. They all realized they didn't know how to make meth. They bought all this stuff for meth. They didn't know how. No one knew how to make meth. Anna did not like this because, of course, she's the one trying to sober up her sister Mm -hmm. and help John in the process. But Larry, her dad, told her, keep your mouth shut. They're going to fail. It won't matter anyway. None of them knew the formula, so it didn't crystallize. No idea. Which I guess gets the term crystal meth. Since it was a bad batch, they poured it into some glass jugs and went out to buy some properly made meth, for lack of a better term. See, at this point, it seems weird to me because wouldn't Larry be like, no, no you're not. it's his vehicle. I, and he I'm on parole. But anyway, they did get a hold of, quote, better meth. They took it back to Larry's trailer and got high. At some point during this, John told Larry he loved Amanda. He wanted to marry her. Anna said that leading up to this, she noticed things were getting weirder and weirder. She felt like Larry was grooming Amanda And that Amanda was taking it as her father's love. Ew. Amanda and Anna have a really turbulent past, to put it mildly. Years prior, Anna, you know, she lived in North Carolina as a CNA. She went up to Minnesota to see Amanda. She planned on staying with her, but just to catch up, you know, like sisters Mm -hmm. do. Amanda gave her a glass of wine. She started feeling drowsy. According to Anna, she woke up five days later. Naked, in a bed, with five men around her. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Her sister. Her sister. And so Amanda drugged her and sold her to five men while she was out of it to do whatever they wanted with her. Her sister. That makes me want to fucking throw up. <sighs> I hate your case. It's so messed up. Like, oh, I would I have could, never, ever been around her again. It's, First, it, you're molested by your dad. Oh, so, then your sister gets I you know. high and sells you. Finish your story before I take your mic. <laughs> it gets worse. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, let's go back to Valentine's Day. Larry suggested they play a game. Actually, he called it a trust exercise. Uh-uh. Like you do team building, you know, work. Mm. So this trust exercise was essentially being tied up. Larry told John to tie up Anna, so he did. She got loose. Then he told her to tie up Amanda. She did, as he said. Then Amanda was able to get loose. It was kind of like, you tie up this person. Let's see if they can get out of it. They're on drugs. I don't know. terrible idea. I don't understand it. But Larry said, well, let me show you guys how to tie a proper knot. So he tied up John and then said to John, now you try to get loose. The night isn't over, but I'll get back to that. I'm going to go in the future. Okay. Okay. Fast forward several months to September of 2019. Larry McClure is arrested because he failed to register 
as a sex offender. All the things, and you just fail to register, that's what gets you. So, while the West Virginia State Police were questioning him over this, he let some stuff slip. He told police that he and his biological daughter Amanda were involved in an incestuous relationship and that they were married in March of 2019 in Virginia. Can you do that in Virginia? No. (laughs) No. So, to be clear... It's not Utah. No, you cannot legally marry your biological daughter in Virginia or anywhere in the United States. Really? Period. You cannot marry a biological daughter or parent. But Amanda wrote a fake name in the line for father of the bride. So it's not difficult to get away with. I was going to say, I don't know how they would check that. It's... I was trying to remember what we did for that kind of thing, but it is. It's like you give your birth certificate, but she kind of had a complicated past because she had adoptive parents, mm-hmm. different last yeah. names. Yeah. So it was just very easy for her to just squeak yeah. on by. So, you know, I love going on Google rabbit holes. And did you know you can marry your first cousin in 14 states? Let me guess. They're all... No. Below the Mason-Dixon? No. no, no, no. And guess what? West Virginia is not one of them. You can't marry a first cousin in West Virginia. You'll be relieved to know Arkansas is also not on the list. That's shocking. You cannot marry a first cousin. The South gets made fun of a lot for stuff like this, but the list surprised me. So, real quickly, cousin marriage, first cousin <laughs> marriage is legal in Alabama. Mm-hmm. Alaska. Ala- well, that's because there's not a lot of people there. California. Really? All the people, in All the people are in California. Colorado, Connecticut, D.C., Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Maryland, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, and North Carolina. Okay, the South isn't hardly on there at all. It's it's kind of a mix. It's a random I mix. I didn't hear Mississippi in there. Mississippi is clean. Arkansas, Arkansas is clean. clean. Oklahoma. So anyway, back to the case, but I just, that was too interesting. mm -mm. So you cannot marry your first cousin in Arkansas. Don't even try it. West Virginia's like, oh, thank God. Get out of here. (laughs) Get out of here. So So he tells the cops that he has married his daughter. Yeah. So to make matters worse, so he's in there just because they're like, you didn't register. You didn't register. And he says, I married my biological daughter. And by the way, I know where the body of John McClure is buried. See, (laughs) that would be me. You know, I've always said in these podcasts that, like, <laughs> but they, I will tell. I, I would just be like, okay, I've, I've done some other shit, too. I just want to tell y'all now because you're going to find out. So let me just tell you. I'm sure they were thinking, what is happening? Like, we just right? need you to sign this paper, sir. It was, <laughs> like, just register and you're telling us all this other, I don't know. He said he knew where John's body was because he and two of his daughters were involved in killing him. Authority search where he says... And he's not lying. They find the body. Yes. They find the dismembered body of John McGuire in a shallow grave on September 24th, 2019. According to Larry, a week after they were all living together, his daughters and he came up with a plan to kill John. On Thursday, February 14th on Valentine's Day, once they had John tied up, when he was trying to untie himself, Amanda hit John over the head with a wine bottle. He was dazed but didn't lose consciousness, so then Larry tied him up more on his neck, hands, and legs. So it kind of sounds like he hogtied him. Mm -hmm. So he made Anna hold the ends of the rope so that Larry was afraid to move. 
because everything was kind of attached to each other. You know what I mean? Like his hands, yeah. his arms, his and he, his neck. Like if you move your arms too much, you'll strangle yourself type of thing. Ugh. Then Larry and Amanda start interrogating John. Meth can cause people to be extremely paranoid, and they kept insisting John was a federal agent. Okay. <laughs> Remember that bad batch of meth that they kept in uh-huh. a jug? Uh-huh. Well, Larry and Amanda told Anna to inject John with it because it was, quote, truth serum. <gasps> Since she was a CNA, they knew she could find a vein, so they're like, you're the one, you need to inject him. She injected to filled syringes into his carotid artery. (gasps) Oh, dear God. Two syringes of this bad batch of meth. Anna later claimed she was sure this would kill him. You know, Uh I mean, that would kill most people. It did not. He kept denying he was a narcotics officer, and the three basically kept torturing him and demanding he tell the truth. They threatened to cut off his hands, his feet, and Larry said that he didn't die until later, and then it was, quote, two to three days of hell. Yeah, not for you, though. So they thought that dose of meth would be lethal, but here's the thing. John had built up a super high tolerance for meth, so it actually gave him an adrenaline boost, which is not uncommon with meth either. So this made him start trying to break free again. Sure. They gave it to him thinking it would kill him. Opposite happened. He's Incredible Hulk. Yes. So according to Anna, Larry threatened her and said, if you ever want to see your kids again, you have to finish the job. So Anna had kids and a Mm -hmm. fiancé back in North Carolina. So he told her to strangle him with a rope, and she did. We don't know if this is the actual truth, but no one's alive to tell the, you know, no one's a reliable source. Only John knows. So once he stopped breathing, they left him lying there for several hours to make sure he was dead. Then they removed all of the rope from his body and wrapped him in trash bags. Larry then had his daughters dig a shallow grave near his trailer, and they buried him. Immediately afterwards, Larry and Amanda began what Anna described as a relationship. (sighs) Disgusting. Anna said that Larry and Amanda were claiming that their new age relationship was a part of the, quote, new world order. Mm -mm. They were going to eradicate the United States together with the help of their blessed children that they would have in the future together. Anna alleges that Larry forced her to watch him and Amanda having sex. Oh, gross. So this is just so, this is so messed up. Amanda would later testify that her father was incredibly jealous of John. Amanda even said that her father killed John because he didn't want anyone else near her. (laughs) Your face. It's beyond (sighs) comprehension. It really is. So Larry might have been planting the idea that John was a police informant or FBI agent into Amanda's mind in order to get him, in order to get her to go along with his plan. That is what some people speculate, but of course the daughters and Larry all have different versions of what happened. Anna stated that over the days leading up to the murder, Larry became more and more jealous of John and that his behavior was weird. Anna pulled Amanda aside and pretty much said, hey, what's going on here? Things are getting kind of strange. And Amanda was just glad to have her daddy back. Anna said Amanda was always the favorite child, and she knew that. And that Amanda always blamed Anna for Larry going to prison. When Anna told Amanda the real reason why he was in prison and what happened to her as a child, Amanda called her a liar and wouldn't believe it. 
Amanda didn't think that Larry actually sexually assaulted Anna. How could she not believe that when you're screwing him too? I know. It's so gross. It's, it's, I don't know. So six days after his murder, Amanda began believing that he wasn't really dead. Again, she's on drugs. Mm-hmm. It makes you do wild things. So they dug him up, drove stakes through his body in order to make sure he was really dead. Then they dismembered his remains and then reburied him in the side yard. Can you imagine thinking, we buried this guy six days ago, but he might be alive down there. So John's murder didn't stop Amanda from cashing in all of John's social security checks. They used that money to get married on March 11th. They made Anna be their witness during the ceremony. John's mother knew that he had gone to West Virginia with Amanda and she was able to get Larry's phone number. She called and asked about John because even though he was heavy into drugs, he, you know, was still very much in the close contact with the family, either through calls or texts. So it was weird to John's mom that she couldn't get a hold of him. He wasn't responding to her. Well, Larry claimed that John and Amanda had already taken off, and he said they were probably going to a reservation because Amanda had enough native blood in her to live on a reservation. Oh, you mean that she didn't have any? Yeah, yeah, yeah probably Who not. knows? Yeah. But in April, Larry decided that he and the girls should move to Kentucky. So he had some type of family connection and was able to stay on a property there. Anna claimed that he had the only phone and that he wouldn't let her use it. She wasn't a prisoner, though, because she could go places alone technically. But she did say he in- intentionally wouldn't give her enough gas to get far. So she would run out of gas in random places. But still, she could go to some places. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, she was on a tight leash, I guess, but she could be alone. Mm -hmm. So Anna told police that Larry and Amanda planned on sex trafficking to make money. This is so messed up. She said Larry had an idea to get a list of all the registered sex offenders. Because he was on it, now he could Mm -hmm. find other people like him. So he said they planned on going out and finding young girls and boys to traffic. Larry claimed that even if registered sex offenders didn't want on it or didn't want in on it, they wouldn't rat them out because they wanted to, you know, stay low, stay off the police's radar. So if he approaches them and they're like, no, we're not into that, they're not going to rat them out, which is probably true in most cases. It's disgusting, but yeah. Because they don't want to be, you know, in, in, yeah. Anna said she was pretty much held captive at this time. We don't know if that's true or not, but I'm just saying what she said. At one point, Larry tried to sell Anna to some man in Charleston, West Virginia for $5,000, his daughter, for the purpose. Okay, this is this is really bad. So he wanted to sell her for $5,000 for the purpose of having sex with someone's stud horses. Wait, he wanted to sell his other daughter yeah. to somebody. Because they were they because filming a bestiality. They were filming bestiality porn. And wanted to was, sell her yes. to, yep. so they could video yes. the horse raping this girl. Yes. Is this not the sickest thing you've ever heard of? And she said that her father was seriously considering selling her for $5,000. So the, this is just her words, but she... You can't... You're not making that up. She's not on meth. Yeah. yeah. It's not even in her history. Yeah. No. 
Anna said that with the help of a cousin in Kentucky, she was able to finally contact her fiancé in North Carolina, and he sent her money for a bus ticket through Walmart. I'm guessing, what's it called? Like money transferring. Like Western Union? Yes, exactly. Western Union. Well, she gets the money, she gets a bus ticket, and goes back to North Carolina. And she pretended she was dead. So while Larry was busy in Kentucky with his nasty schemes, this is when he failed to register as a sex offender because he moved from West Virginia to Kentucky. And in all of his nasty, disgusting plotting, he thought he was so smart, he doesn't register as a sex offender. Well, he had other things going on, so. (sighs) Yeah. In the meantime, John wasn't calling his mom on Mother's Day. He wasn't contacting his kids, even on their birthdays. So his oldest daughter filed a missing persons report in June of 2019 in Minnesota. In October of 2019, Amanda and Anna were arrested. All three pled guilty to their charges. Larry, who had been the first to confess, wrote a short letter stating he did not want the courts wasting taxpayer dollars on a trial, and he apologized for his part in the murder. He was charged with first-degree murder and sentenced to a life without parole in August of 2020. At Amanda's sentencing hearing in October 2020, she testified about her father's jealousy and about her belief that he wanted John dead because John wanted to marry her. So she and her adoptive parents spoke out about the amount of control that Larry had over her. And the judge in the case acknowledged the history of abuse between Larry and Amanda, but he did say it was still no excuse for what she had done. During the trial, Amanda said, quote, I wish I could bring John back. He was a good man. I mean, that's just... Well, you can't. Yeah. She blamed it all on Larry. Larry blamed it all on his daughters. Anna blamed it on Larry and her sister Amanda. So it was a mess. So Amanda was sentenced to 40 years for second-degree murder. She didn't even get first. At Anna's sentencing hearing in March of 2021, she claimed that she had only gone along with her father's crimes because he threatened to kill her and her children. She was also sentenced the same thing, 40 years for second-degree murder. John's mom said she was not aware of what exactly happened to John until the trial. She said if she would have known all those details, she would have pushed for them to all receive life. Uh Could you imagine not knowing? And She just wanted it over. Mm -mm. John was her only child, and she said, and I listened to an interview of her, she's like, I'm no dummy. I know. I knew he was into drugs. I knew he was probably selling them, but he's my kid. I loved him. Mm-hmm. And you know that it is what it is. They spoke a lot. And he still didn't deserve that kind of death. Yeah, exactly. Aside from his drug use, she said they were close. She was just like, I wasn't stupid. I know he was doing and selling drugs, but he called me. We had a, we, He was still my kid. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Mm-hmm. He was my kid. John's family stated that it has been overwhelming to not only receive the news that the man they loved was gone, but they had been the victim of a violent crime. It was specifically hard for them to swallow as John was well known for his big heart and love for everyone around him. He had a heart of gold, the gift of gab, and he was friends with everyone. Angela, his ex and mother of two of his children, said with a smile. So he was still friends with Mm -hmm. at least one of them. I'm going to miss everything about him. He and Angela hadn't been together for several years, but they co-parented and got along for the sake of the kids. John also loved his children's half-sibling as one of his own. Aww. Yeah. 
His daughter, Justice, said that John loved everyone and that he always wanted to make sure everyone had a spot in his life. Angela said that he always tried to be there for her the best he could be. John had some hard times and made bad choices, but she still felt like he was at the core a good person. It's no secret to anyone John struggled with addiction, but they felt like his heart was only in the right, his heart was always in the right place. So because of John's struggle with meth, his name was dragged through the mud during the trial, which was really difficult for his kids to hear, of course. And Angela said it only made the grieving process that much harder. She said, quote, just because someone has had problems, it does not make them a bad person. No one deserves to die like this, which is, of course, very true. And I just want to throw out, there's help available for meth addictions and other addictions. The sooner, the better to get treatment for it. The more likely you'll be able to avoid dangerous health problems. Residential treatment facilities, aka rehab, are one of the best places to treat meth addiction. They can help you work through the stages of treatment while you learn healthy coping skills. You can call the SAMHSA National Helpline at 1-800-662-4357 for confidential free help from public health agencies to find substance use treatment or get more information for yourself or a loved one. I'll also, of course, link all of this in our show notes. I'm not saying meth is what causes murder, but I mean... Addiction played a part, like it, it does with a lot of... It didn't help. It didn't help. It never helps. Got most of my information from People, All That's Interesting, Medium, and Bluefield Daily News. So you can see why I saw this and I'm like, yeah, that's... Mm-mm-mm-mm. It's too wild. I've never heard a case like this before. It had so many terrible things. It's ter- everything terrible. I'm not laughing because it's funny. No, it's It's not, just it's like, just, it's, what the fuck, West Virginia? It's unfair. Fathomable. Oh, it's, uh, yeah. I know. My whole face. After that terrible case. My face is still frozen. And Okay, well. Um, let's talk about your case. Let's now. talk about mine. Um, do you know what catfishing is? Yeah. What is it? Tell me. I watched the OG catfishing show and movie on Netflix. Or not on Netflix. MTV with Neve. Did you ever watch that? I did. So pretty much just. Being on the internet and tricking someone trying to say, like, for example, if I was said I'm a 50-year-old dude that lives in Tijuana. So it's like when you meet someone online and they aren't who they said they were. Yes, yes, yes. But you know the term actually comes from a metaphor. They used to um, put cod in a tank and ship it from Alaska all the way to China. And they were kept in these big vats. And by the time they reached China, they tasted like shit and were mushy. So some guy suggested that they put a catfish in with them and it would keep them agile. So catfish are natural predators. So they would chase them around and keep them from being bored, which would lead to better quality cod. So the parallel is the catfish lures you in to this online relationship and keeps you stimulated by telling you everything oh you want or need to know and keep you interested it's fuckery at its finest i had no idea i never that's knew where the origin that's interesting that's the origin. To me. it's like a metaphor that that's that's where it came from i always thought that term was weird but mm-hmm. wow that makes sense so the case I'm going to tell you about is a completely insane case of catfishing. 
Have you ever been catfished? You want me to answer that? Are you for real? <laughs> now we'll save your personal. We'll save my stories for a Patreon. For a Patreon. <laughs> exactly. Continue. So, tall, hot blonde hmm. and marine sniper met oh, in God. the teen chat room on a popular gaming site named Pogo in May of 2005. Wow. Marine Sniper was really a 46-year-old father of two named Thomas Montgomery. He was married. Shock. Yeah, right. And had spent the last 12 years working at a factory in a suburb of Buffalo. When 18-year-old Tall Hot Blonde started messaging Marine Sniper, he decided to pretend he was 18, too. Oh, no. He told her he was a young Marine recently back from Iraq. He even showed her a picture of himself. Wait, was he a Marine even? 30 years ago. okay. When he was at boot camp, they took a photo, and that's the one that he showed her. Oh, no. So, Tall Hot Blonde reveals that her name was actually Jessie, and she was a high school girl who played softball. She was a senior from West Virginia, And she sent him photos, too. She was hot. And (laughs) she sent some. And she was tall. Blonde. And blonde. And she sent some pretty provocative photos to him, too. You know, you know, those Snapchat photos (laughs) way way before Snapchat. (laughs) So he told her he was in covert ops and he really couldn't tell her anything else. And he actually did qualify as a sharpshooter, but never trained as a sniper or saw any action. He basically reinvented himself younger and stronger Mm. and started calling himself Tommy. He was six foot tall, big shoulders. Red flag. Muscles. (laughs) When someone says six foot. Is six foot a red flag, Lacey? Is that what I'm doing wrong? (laughs) No one is actually six foot. That's They're lying. They go up two inches. I mean. So this online relationship began to completely consume Tommy. He became more and more real with this life. Than he was in his actual life. Mm -hmm. So the two exchanged phone calls and love letters. And the feeling appeared to be mutual. I'll love you forever and always, Tommy. She wrote. I've never ever felt this way about anyone. He said to her. I know. Gross. So the relationship turned sexual. Virtually. Okay. <laughs> Virtually, that is. Virtually sexual. Virtually sexual, phone sex, um, IMs on the computer, sex, sex hand motions. I, I wish everyone could see Jeez. these. I know. We need to start <laughs> recording these. So, January 2nd, 2006, he decides that 46-year-old Tom Montgomery ceases to exist and needs to be replaced by 18-year-old Tommy. And he's going to move to West Virginia to be with the love of his life. What? That is until March of the same year, 2006, when one of his daughters was using his computer. Oh, no. And Jesse happened to message him. She told her mom, who then found oh, no. love letters, photos, and mementos, like a pair of red panties, that Jesse had sent him. 
Tom's wife flips the fuck out and writes Jesse back and includes a family photo and says, let me introduce you to these people. The man in the center, that's my husband, Tom. We've been married since 1989 and he is 46 years old. So she busts him out. Jesse was horrified. She breaks off the relationship immediately and sends Tom a message saying that she hates him and he should be put in jail for what he did. Jesse even messages one of Tom's co-workers to see if he was in fact telling the truth, if the wife was telling the truth. A man named Brian Barrett, who went by the screen name Beefcake. Oh, God. They're, I know, these names are terrible. He was 22 and a college student who worked part-time as a machinist at this factory with Tom. He said he didn't know Tommy, but he did know Tom, a middle-aged man. Oh, no. And the two struck up a relationship, so to speak. What? She seemed to be a better fit with him, obviously, than 46-year-old Tom. So, Jesse begins sending Brian photos and doing the same shit she did with Tommy. And then the two start cyberbullying. I hate to use that word, but that's exactly what it is. They spread rumors about him, basically painting him out to be a pedophile and got him kicked out of all the chat rooms that he was in. Well, he should have been off he sh- out yeah, of the chat room. Yeah. Brian also told people at work what had been going on. Tom was in a fucking rage. He sent a message to Jesse saying, Brian will pay in blood. His messages got more and more violent the more he saw the two of them together online. So the messages coming from Jesse showed she was kind of torn. One minute she was mad. The next, she wanted to get back together. What? Almost teasing Tom in a way. I ache to be with Tommy. Ew. Don't you miss it, Tom? Don't you miss us? My heart aches to hear you call me Tommy, he said. I wish I could be that 19-year-old Marine for you. Ew. I know. It's gross. So, here we go again. This girl's teasing this 47-year-old man now to thinking that she still wants to be with him. And the messages were sexual. Like, I wish you were naked. What would you do if you were here and I was naked? Why is she sending this stuff to him? To the Tom guy. Just get back at him? Taunting him. Like, teasing him. Like, making him think that now she wants to be back with him. Just get out of this. And he's all, you might get the magic. I want you to make love to me, Tom. Oh, vomit, 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 vomit. <laughs> we should be recording this for our faces. I'm it's like, so bad. But that didn't last, and she broke it off with him again and started back up with Brian. Tom is enraged again and completely begins to spiral. Obsession turns to jealousy. That turns into betrayal and revenge. And then the final straw was when Brian told him, that the two were planning to meet up. Brian drove down to North Carolina for something, and on his way back, he texted her saying he was driving by her place and wanted to get together, but at the last minute, she cancels. Like, she's like, I can't do this. I just, uh. 
So on September 15th, 2006, Brian was leaving for work and three shots rang out. Neighbors and co-workers saw a man in camo running from the scene. Brian was found dead in the parking lot where he worked, shot three times by a military-style rifle. Police get there, they're investigating, and they learn pretty quick about this fucked-up love triangle from the other co-workers that they were talking to. When they figure out Tom's nowhere to be found. What are they thinking? He's going after Jesse now. Mm-hmm. So they track her down, get her dress and everything using MySpace. Mm. And police show up at Jesse's house around 3 a.m., knock on the door. A woman named Mary answers the door. They ask where Jesse is. The woman's like, "This, that's my daughter. What is this about? They start telling her what is going on, and she makes a confession. She's freaking tall, hot blonde. She's tall, oh hot blonde. Oh my god! Everyone's catfishing. Yes. Oh, it's in. Oh, yes. She had been the one sending the messages to Tom and Brian, and the pictures that she had sent were actually those of her daughter, Jessie. Oh, that is so disgusting. The real Jessie. That's not okay. Oh my. Who had god. no idea. Of her mom's secret cyber life. Uh, you can find fake pictures. Why would you use... Yeah. Her she, own daughter's name that's and so, her own daughter's pictures. That's, so Tom oh Montgomery God. was arrested the end of November. He would later plead guilty to the murder of Brian Barrett. He received 20 years. Prosecutors in Buffalo tried to find a way to charge Mary... But she never crossed any legal lines. Morally, yes. Ethically, definitely. Lawfully. But lawfully, no. Mary was also married. Her husband divorced her and her daughter, Jessie, cut all ties, moving in with relatives in Virginia where she was in college. Mary said she kept chatting with Tom to keep him from chatting with other teens to keep them safe. Sure, Jan. Sure, 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 sure. Ew. So she, Tom was catfishing her. She was catfishing Tom and Brian. Brian thinks this is some 19-year-old girl and ends up fucking dead over all of this. The most innocent one in hundred percent insane. So, would you like to know seven signs that you might be being catfished online? Oh my God. Yes. So, number one, they have little or no friends online. Hmm. Number two, check when the profile was opened. Good point. Like if it's just been opened in the last 30 minutes, you're my being Facebook catfished. Facebook was made in 2005, I think, mm. or something. It's, I still I get really embarrassing time hops. <laughs> If you don't get embarrassing time hops, you're not a you're, you're not, not real. Yeah. Um, number three, they avoid face to face contact, yep. meetings, or video chats. They break plans multiple times, like they plan to meet up and then for whatever reason they can't do it. Um, the photos, they look too good to be true. Yes. That's yeah. That mm-mm. they claim that your neighbor 
or someone you know from school, that's how they know you. And that's how they found you. Mm. Like, oh, don't, you don't remember? We were in fourth grade together and I found you online. And you probably don't remember me because it's been a long time ago. Or maybe my name changed yeah. because I got married and that's why you don't recognize me. And blah, blah, blah. Or we used to live in the same apartment complex. You know, I always saw you, but it's just bullshit. Yeah. Oof. Um... They want to get serious way too fast. Number eight, they always need help with something. Like, I need $50 because, no, no. you know, so-and-so, such-and-such happened. Can you just loan Never me give this? anyone money yeah. that you right. don't know in person. Right. It seems too far-fetched or vague. Their stories are just in, like, that That can't yeah. be real. That's too, that's too insane. Like... They tell you vacation stories or something happened and that's why I can't come or, you know, it's just have a it's lavish all, lifestyle. always yeah. to, yeah. Red flag. Red yeah. flags. Red flags. Red flags. It enrages me so much. I haven't seen that show in a while. Have you ever watched it? I watched it a couple episodes. It, well, what gets me is whenever they show up and it really is the person and I'm like, well, then why did you not just want to meet up. You know what I mean? Which very seldom happens. Yeah, it's usually yeah, being yeah, catfish. But occasionally true. it is the person from the picture. And usually one thing I've noticed is when they're catfished, when they're busted, they really are not that ashamed or mortified. I would be They uh, were just like, yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm, no, I, I hate stuff and like everyone this. meets online these days. I know. Don't. My <laughs> thing, well, no. So I do have a lot of people that I know. That have met. Here's the big thing. Their husbands or wives online. If you meet online, that's one thing. But if you can't ever meet them in person, if they keep pushing you back, canceling, why? Red flag. You know what I mean? You know what else I feel like You can meet online, but if you're not available for dinner next week, then bye. Like you can essentially start talking. Meet in person quickly. Yes. Don't dr- if they are wanting to drag Don't go it months out, out online. Yeah, I feel like that should be definitely mm-hmm. a red yeah. flag. Or if you start chatting FaceTime and they instantly want you to like download a different app that y'all can chat on. Yeah. I'm like, red flag. That person's mm-hmm. probably married or there's something going yeah, on. No. Why can you not give here? me yeah, either chat here with me or let's get cell phone numbers, but like I'm not downloading some bullshit no. app to yeah. It's, there's, there's so many. There's so many. I just named off like nine red flags, there's, but there's, there's probably 900 that. Ooh, email us yes. what you think your red flags are. Or if you've been catfished. Or if you've been catfished, oh my God, please. We or, will not tell your name. No, we'll keep it private. United States of Murder at gmail.com. That's, I used to, when I was freaking a preteen, I would go on teenchat.com all the time with my friends. You know, you mm-hmm. age, sex, location. You would say your age, your gender, your sex, and your location. I would always lie because I'm not going to tell them who I – like I, 13-year-old Lacey is not going to – she's 19. So she's I, tall, hot, blonde. <laughs> no, I went by a different name. I lied about my age. I said I was a female, but I lied about my location. I never said – I'm. Lacey from Arkansas. In fact, my first Hotmail account that I, and I still have access to it, is Danielle in the title because uh-huh. that's my middle name. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want people to know my real name. I'm done. 
I cannot. I didn't I catfish just, I never, people, but I didn't want to be caught. I right. was. I had fear instilled in me at a young age. I just like, never got into the oh, I, the chat room. I, I think I just I missed that. Me and my friends, like one of my friends, she went by Abby. That wasn't her name. Oh, we were Abby and Danielle. <laughs> <laughs> but it's because I never gave my real name. Or my real location. Is Lacey your real name? It is. It is. But no, I was like, it is. I'm, I'm not mother. telling you my real name ever. I wasn't like but you in see, relationships with these but people. But you see these people who. It was just fun. Like even teenagers who get in these chat rooms and they get catfish and yeah. they end up meeting and some older dude, they think it's a 13 year old like them and it's some 50 year old pervert. That's so And they just yeah. like disappear. This was pre-Facebook, pre-MySpace, <gasps> all that stuff. So, like, there was no – this was the only way, really, to communicate with other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But it scares me that people can, quote, unquote, be in love. Yeah. I'm not judging anyone, but meet people. And have never met them, and it's all a facade online. And – It freaks me out. One of the things that I did read said that he thought – it was innocent and it wasn't going to go anywhere. Like he had no intentions on meeting up with her. And same thing for for Mary, who was pretending to be her child, which is disgusting. She was God. like, I didn't do anything wrong. I didn't have any intentions on meeting. I was just chatting online, which, I mean, honestly, a lot of people do that. And it's not illegal to act like you're another person online. But in the situation, it just went fucking ballistic and somebody died and that's terrible the like you said the most innocent person in the whole love triangle he's the one that shot to death this is one of the wildest episodes i feel like this we've had a wild while. episode we've we're, covered things we've never really talked this about is true before. this is true <sighs> we're ending the season on we have, okay. we have one we more have episode. One more state. Poor Once. Rhode Island, the smallest state. Rhode, Rhode Island's the smallest. We're saving the best for last. The best I think for it's going to be good. We love you, Rhode Islanders. We do. I finally figured out the case I'm going to cover. It took me forever. Oh, I've been done. You've known yours. I've known. For a long time. Yeah. Well, we have good news. We have a bunch of new patrons. Yay. Yay. We love you. Okay. We'll start them so off. So let's, let's go down the line. Andy A. From Vermont, <gasps> which is really cool. Hi, Andy. Hi, Andy. Thank you so much. She messages us every now and then about certain things. She, yes. Yeah. She. So she is interested a lot in the Maura Murray case because, of course, that happened in New Hampshire near mm-hmm. Massachusetts and all that stuff. So that's been fun. Heather H. from Arkansas. Another Heather. A, it's our third Heather. I know this Heather. You thank do? You, I do. She, well, I don't want to triangulate, so I won't say, but thank you, Heather. Thank you, Heather. We love you. Marissa from Florida. Thank you, Marissa. Thank you, Marissa. I miss Florida. I need to work on my I'll my be, sunburn. I'm going to Florida <gasps> in two weeks. You are. I You're am. going to Orlando? I am. Headed to the, the mouse house. <laughs> Florida gets a lot of crap. Florida does get a lot but of crap. I've always had a good time in Florida. Same, so same. you know what? Same. It is what it is. Brittany C. from Michigan. Yay. The Mitten. Thank you, Brittany. Thank you, Brittany. I've never been to Michigan. I don't think I have We either. need to go. 
and Druan Yu from Washington. Super cute name, Druan. So she, <laughs> I guess because she's it heard. Sounds very Southern. Yeah, it kind of does. So she, I've never heard the name Druan before, but she messaged saying, it's pronounced like this because she's probably <laughs> she's like, please me. don't mess my please name up, Please don't mess up my name. But it's a, I told him, like, that's a really pretty name. It's very Drew pretty. Ann. I've never heard of it. There you go. Thank Samuel you. Samuel has a, a great aunt named Drew. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming that's short for something. But Drusilla? I, have, I honestly have no idea. I've never thought about it until she joined. I'm like, oh, I wonder if her name's Drew Ann. I don't know. Could be. Thank you. Thank you. Andy, Heather, Marissa, Brittany, Duran. We love you. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be sending out your stickers and fun stuff soon. And we are recording our uh, new Patreon episode for December. <gasps> we are. It's a doozy. It's a doozy. I know I dropped the ball in November. <laughs> I was like, I got jack shit you know to talk what, about. So, <laughs> so they are. Pa- but I am bringing it December. I have so much to talk about. Our patrons are very supportive. We have like a dialogue where they can chat and it's kind of a pain in the ass to figure out how to listen to Patreon episodes. Not our fault. It's Patreon's fault. Right. ACAS fault. I wish it was easier. But like message us and I will seriously do what it takes to walk you through figuring how it out. To get it. I will do what it takes. I know it's weird and confusing, but I try to make it as simple and I will I will make you listen to I these wish episodes. We could upload it like I know. our regular ones. It, but they kinda make it tricky. But they they've do. been really supportive. They're like, Oh, you know, just message Lacey. She's the ma- the last episode was funny and <laughs> I was going through a lot. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it. Ashley's been hospitalized recently. Can we talk about that? I mean, I would rather not, but <laughs> we'll keep it vague. I've been under the weather. She's been under the weather. I'm good now. She's good. I'm about ninety five. Ninety five. You're 95. No alcohol. You're on antibiotics, no booze. In fact, I made, I was excited. I had my Christmas china out. I made a little sangria. And I'm like, I made you a cocktail. She walks in. (laughs) I can't drink. I'm like, oh my God. Thanks. I'm so sorry. Thank you for rubbing that in. I'm sorry. Enjoy. I know. As soon I'm like, oh man. I that totally slipped my mind. The antibiotic thing. Totally fine. She's on the mend. I'm on the mend. It wasn't COVID. It wasn't COVID. <laughs> I'm good. She's good to go. 95. 95%. Good to go. The week this comes out, we'll be recording our December episode. Our our December Patreon December episode. December Patreon. And our final State. Oh my gosh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Final state. And then we're going to take a a break for the rest of December. Yes. We try not to take too many breaks, but after covering all this stuff, we get a little burnout at the end. We're busy. Ashley has, she has a kid. She has to do fun stuff (laughs) with her kid and a job and stuff. So we're just taking these kind of weeks to just shake it off. It's Christmas. Start over the holidays. We hope you'll have a good holiday season. We'll we'll be recording one more episode. But yeah, after Rhode Island, we're going to be relaxing the end of December and having our own fun meetings to talk about what we're going to do next year. I'm excited. Season two. Season two. It will do fun stuff. We're not going to be changing much. To the people who leave us one stars for rambling, I'm sorry. We will still ramble. But it's at the end, so you can turn it off. Why are you listening this far? Yeah. Okay, for real. If you don't like this, they're done. They're not listening anymore. It is what it is. I understand. Some people don't like chatter, and that's fine. But why are you going to leave us a review about it? Come on. (laughs) Come on. 
Come on. Lacey drank mine and her sangria. I did. I did. <laughs> I like, oh, I'll drink that one. But if you like our rambling, leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. It's free to leave a review. It helps it, us. It majorly helps us. Every time I see we've gotten a new review, I'm scared to scroll and read it. This one was like, pass, too much rambling. Thank you, sir. There's always going to be some rambling. I don't care. Can I just do a shameless plug? Do it. I mean, I feel like people should order some uh, merch for Christmas gifts. <laughs> just saying. I was like, have you started to do business? No, no. Just our stuff. Our stuff. Silly. Yes. I'm hoping Lacey gets me a United States of Murder sweatshirt. <laughs> we need some. Am I going to be that person that wears my own merch? I it's so, Okay. So I was listening. I listened to a podcast called Small Town Murder, and it's two guys, and I rarely like listening to two men mm-hmm. just because, I don't know, but I like them. Mm-hmm. And they were joking about how podcasters who wear their own merch as I was wearing my own merch. <laughs> That's going to be me. They're like, we don't do that. Bands don't wear their own merch while they're on stage. I'm going to be wearing a United States of Murder around Disney World, walking around yeah. with my like, mouse ears, look, you know, a podcast shirt. I'm going to hang out stickers like fly. I'm it joking. costs zero dollars to be joking. shameless. I'm not doing that. I love small town murder, but I'm like, I'll, I'll wear my... <laughs> Stuff. That would be funny, though, if you went and watched the Rolling Stones <laughs> and they had one of their shirts you know what? on. I would respect it. I would probably get a good giggle out of it. That reminds me, Harry Styles was uh-huh. in concert in Little Rock a couple of weeks ago. Around Little Rock, after the concert, how many boas did I we see? Females in boas and like terrible outfits, suits, like bright pink. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. That, but that's your music. <laughs> like you like that poppy. Well, not com- according to Samuel. I'm no fan. So don't she, ask him. No, He'll question true. me about his discography. He better not ask you about Taylor Swift. I am a real fan of Taylor Swift. I know. On that note, on that note, I'm gonna go sing karaoke. <laughs> Just kidding. No, she really isn't. Oh, tell me. Okay. We're rambling, but it's the end. Turn us off now if you don't yeah, want to. Yeah, you're going to have to cut Tell me a about lot of Elf out. on the Shelf. I was chatting with you before we started, and I'm like, put a pin. Let's talk about it after. You do Elf on the Shelf. We do Elf on the Shelf. Okay. If you have children, I don't let them listen to this part. I won't let Max listen to this. We have an elf named Chippy. Chippy. Our elf is not a little shithead. Like, some of these elves, and I know parents <laughs> think that it's, like, super cute. Maybe I'm doing like it wrong. Like, they're mischievous elves. They're, they're yeah, very they're mischievous. Yeah. They're tearing shit up. They're writing on mirrors. They're in the toilet. They're in the toilet. There's toilet paper wasted. There's toothpaste everywhere. What? Our elf does not do that. So, real fast, I don't have a kid, and I don't know about this. Why do they do stuff like that? I'm really not a hundred on Just that. to be funny? I think maybe the elves, like... They think it, the kids think it's cute that the elf is, is being a little turd. Okay. But the elf is there to watch the kid and make sure the kid is being good and then reports back to Santa. So I was always like, well, then why is the elf being a little fucker, but the kid's supposed to be good <laughs> and then he's going to go back and tell on the kid? Like, so our elf does not do any of those things. Our mm-hmm. elf plays a continual game of hide and seek with Max. Oh, that's cute. So Chippy hides and Max has to find him. And Chippy, you know, goes back and tells I like Santa. That. So that's what we've always done with Max since Aww. he was a little bitty. Is like he knows that he has to find Chippy and 
then he the next morning he's like, I wonder where Chippy's hiding. So he wakes up and tries to find funny. where Chippy's hidden. Chippy doesn't tear shit up. And you know or, what though? That's easier for so I follow so some people on my Facebook. I love watching their their they stuff go, about they go going bananas. On. It's awesome. And oh, I I'm respect not, and that. I, no, same. And I'm not saying anything but I'm negative say, about other parents. Well, sure, but like. If you don't have the time, I, I'm like, that's a lot of creativity for every day in mm-hmm. December. That's a good idea for parents who are like, I want to do that, but mm-hmm. I can't just do, you know what I mean? It's too right. extravagant. We're that's, not putting it. In, you're just hiding him. Yeah. That's easy. We're not putting him in outfits and he's not like. That, there's a lot of work. Bringing letters and, and like. Some people, I love watching it, but at the same time, I'm like, you have to do that every year for yeah. a whole month. Yeah, those parents are not single parents who <laughs> ha- work 50 plus hours at a hospital and That's then too hard. do research and no. get their kids back and forth to basketball practice and write a podcast. Yeah, and, no. Yeah, no. T- no. But if I was a kid, I would have loved the Elf on the Shelf. It's so it's a, it really is a super cute it's, idea. I love and Max, that. I would a hundred percent do the. This the may on the be shelf. the last year that we do Chippy. I mean, he'll be eight, <gasps> and I hope he still believes next year. But Chippy comes with the Christmas tree. Oh, Chippy! Which we put the Christmas tree up after Thanksgiving. I hope you're here next year, and Chippy. So, so then <laughs> Max will get up the first morning after we put our Christmas tree up. And try to find Chippy. Oh, that's so, and that's the that's the consensus is Chippy and Max play hide and seek. So, I believed in Santa Claus until I was like I don't know twelve or thirteen. I believed in Santa forever. Don't let your kid be that little fucking punk that's on the school bus that's telling all the other kids that Christmas <sighs> and know. Santa and everything's not like don't, I hate don't, that. Don't steal the magic. Even if you don't believe in Santa keep it or yourself. you don't do Santa, come on. Keep it yourself. Fun. We got drag racers. And I know a lot of parents personally who I'm not naming names, want their kids to understand that the reason why I work so hard is to buy mm-hmm. you these things for Christmas. And Mom bought you this stuff, not Santa. Yeah. Or Dad bought you this stuff, not Santa. And we do that. Now, we do have gifts that are from Mom and Dad. Mm-hmm. I had that, too. And then we have, kid. like, the Santa gift. Mm-hmm. Not everything is from Santa. That's Some of them are from too. us. But to each their own. Every family's different. But And that's... Awesome. Totally fine. It's cool to be different. That's totally fine. fine. Just don't let your don't kids ruin, ruin it, it for other kids. So, on that note, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs>